Hey fellow Fizzy Friday lovers and welcome to this week's Fizzy Lizzy podcast. We have been out of business for the past few weeks but we are very excited to be back and be bringing you this week's podcast live from Carluke where myself and my mum Dr Fizzy Lizzy are together at last. Hope you enjoy. So here we are together in Carluk, uh, drinking a glass of Prosecco together um, <laughs> and I think we're both pretty happy that we actually have been allowed to travel and allowed to actually spend some time together now. <laughs> oh, it's my dream come true. I can't <laughs> believe that you haven't been here since the beginning of the year, so it's just wonderful to have you here again even though you've been working from home and you've worked really really hard all week but just to have you around and uh, to look after you a wee bit has been absolutely fantastic <laughs> um well yeah i mean i've enjoyed it as well um so this week what have we got on the agenda well i think sticking with the theme that we're now getting together and actually our social circles have been expanding. It's been making us think about how can we do this in as low risk a way as possible. Uh, and and, uh, and that's not without its challenges because for me, and I think you're probably the same, when, when we meet up with family or old friends, they, they just that, when you see them, you just, the, the urge to hug, for example. is and to com- be normal. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just completely irresistible. So I've been thinking about ba- that and uh, there, there is actually some guidance on safe hugging. Uh-huh. So I thought we could cover that. So there's a lovely lady and her name is Professor Lindsay Marr. And she's an American scientist who specialises in researching airborne transmission of tiny little nanoparticles, basically anything less than five microns. Mm. And whether that's bugs or pollutants, and she's been doing it for years and no one's been much interested. But now, obviously, it's of massive relevance. And um, she particularly focuses on um, the inhaling side of transmission uh, uh, of these little bugs as opposed to touching and, 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 and uh, having access that way. And she's really interesting to listen to. Obviously, you can listen online. Um, and she has a great analogy. And what she said was, if you think of nanoparticles, think of smoking. So would you prefer to sit in front of somebody who's smoking and literally smoking back into you, blowing the smoke mm. into your face, or would you rather <clears throat> move a bit further away? Um, would you prefer to go into a room with like 10 people smoking or just go into a room with one or two people? Mm. And would you prefer to go into a room with no ventilation or would you prefer to be outside when people are smoking? So if someone's smoking, you know, either being outside just completely disperses the, 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 the bugs or if you are in a room having windows open and really good ventilation. And I think if we have that principle in our head, I think we can safely start to visit friends' houses, 
meet them in a restaurant and if you look at a little restaurant and it's all tight and there's no windows I, I would be a bit disinclined to go in mm. whereas if there's a beer garden or there's somewhere where you know there's windows open and it's open and airy and there's a bit of distancing then it's pretty safe and then that brings you on to hugging and she says her advice for hugging is um, it's perfectly safe to do however as you do it just inhale <laughs> as you're about to hug hold your breath as you move in close just move your face to the side do not go face on face but really do quite head on head to the side you know have your little m- m- moment of joy and then just step back quite quickly and mm. if you want you can wash your hands but you know um that's all you need but um, and with grandchildren for example um, hug the children from the back because they want to look up or you want to look down in their face normally yeah. but actually if you hug them from the back and you just kiss them on the head um, then it can just feel completely natural and, and they love that just as much and then they run away and do whatever it is they're going to do and I think that we've oh, from experience and the more we learn about coronavirus and how it's um, transmitted it's like I've heard a lot of stories about people who have had confirmed cases of it and then for example their partner has either doesn't have the antibodies or has never had any of the um uh, any, of, any of the symptoms either mm. and I think that's quite interesting because mm-hmm. it, it shows that actually there you know if you are in for example spending time with somebody in well ventilated places you are being careful about washing your hands and you know not breathing in each other's faces there it's it's much more difficult to actually transmit it than maybe what we had originally thought. I think so and you know I think it bodes well for winter for coughs and colds and for um, flu you know I think we're out now all much more aware mm. and actually the final one in that no tales is Vary and Rob who've been in a hospital and yeah. dealing with patients I mean and they're negative for for the antibodies so mm. um, combination of a PPE is working but b you know, using all the good the good practices um, is is effective. Mm. So, so that's the good news. <laughs> and you know, I think that's actually something that you know I've been to meet some friends who are not so. You know, it's different with family, I think. But some friends I've been over to their house, and it's actually become a little bit of the new norm just to kind of walk in somewhere and say hello and not feel that you have to hug and that's fine for the UK where we are a little bit prudish in our culture anyway <laughs> but places like Italy and France where it's the triple kiss I know. is how on earth are they going to manage with yeah, that yeah I think they've got to yeah le- le- learn these but actually their kiss is very much to the side so I yeah. think an exaggerated yeah. side <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah good good stuff and a few weeks ago we or sorry one of the last podcasts we did we haven't done one for a while now but we talked a bit about atomic habits and just about how in lockdown a lot of people have been either getting into bad habits or you know trying to adopt new good ones to have a healthier lifestyle 
yeah anything that's just kind of beneficial that you're able to capitalize on from the the new environment and the current situation so i i thought it would be quite interesting to just follow up on that a little bit and um see if you had any more nuggets of information um around atomic habits well it's interesting you say that also because um my habit that i was trying to implement was the couch to 5k yeah which actually um have a little bit of mini pride with in that i have stuck with it i have had as you know i sometimes get some joint problems so i have had a few occasions where i've had to come off it but i have stuck with it mm. and um and albeit not as um got through it as quickly as I would have liked but the main thing is I'm still doing it mm. and um, one of the habits that I have found enormously helpful is um, called implementation intention mm. and it, it, it's something that I think we, we sometimes do but actually doing it with purpose has really really helped me so and what that is it's saying in advance when and where you're going to do something. So, for example, it's me saying on t Monday morning at nine o'clock, I am going to, before I do anything else, I am going to uh, do my, my Couch to 5K session and I announce it the night before and I say that's what's going to happen. I don't book anything else in. Um, I may even check the weather and make sure it's okay to do yeah. it. And um, and I might also have some triggers, such as I will put out my running clothes. So in mm. the morning when I get up, they're all sitting there. So mm. the implementation intention is stated and it massively increase, increases the odds that you'll stick with the habit. And you probably think, okay, oh, I do that anyway. But actually we don't. We often tend to think, all oh, right, I'll try and fit in three runs this week. And it goes no further than that. Whereas mm. if you just take it that little bit further and, and it, you diarise it in, you state it to your partner or your friends mm. and you commit it to yourself and to others, then it, 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 it really does work. And we often think it's motivation we're lacking. But actually, rather than motivation, it's like, organization and clarity of thought and just real commitment to that purpose and as soon as you do it I mean it's a bit like booking a class for the, the gym that's one of the it's effective there ways it's there and you do it and I think <laughs> I guess from a little bit of a psychological perspective as well you when you've announced it to everyone that you're going to do something you kind of feel more guilty than if you don't do it because it's easier to lie to yourself than it is to lie to everyone else definitely definitely suddenly the motivation is a bit higher yeah. <laughs> oh that thing we call motivation so i think we take home one in whatever habit you're trying to a new habit you're trying to create and engender into your lifestyle um deploy the implementation intention technique it's so simple, but it really, really helps us. And new things are difficult to, to establish, so it's worth having a few of these little tricks up yeah. our sleeves. And I do think there's something about that the night before just being organised. Like, if mm -hmm. you have everything ready to go so that in the morning there's no... If, for example, it is the morning that, say, you want to go and have a run, mm -hmm. that you're 
you have everything ready and there to go and there's no excuses like oh your gym kit's in the wash or, or exactly. you, you can't do it you know exactly you, you've got every, all your your um all the the things there ready there is no barrier it's no barrier, you, you take yeah. away all the barriers and or if it's going to be after you've done maybe for you it'd be more likely to be after a day at work well in the morning you know you set out your trainers you set out your gear so you know at the end of the day you think okay right now and and you go and do it uh, what do you think there's anything in the time of day of exercising or do you think that's just down to purely personal preference um i'm not too aware i th- i think it's possibly more down to personal yeah. preference um i i think in terms of um well it maybe links in with some eating things um in terms of your metabolism um there can be times when it's more helpful i mean for example i don't like to exercise I, I do like to exercise on an empty stomach. I cannot exercise after I've eaten. Mm. So for me, exercising in the morning really yeah. works well. I think it's just maybe recognising your body and what, what works for you and kind of doing the thing that actually lends itself to you actually achieving the goals um, in the best way. Yeah, and the other one is exercise can be... Um, you, you do get endorphins afterwards and it can be quite stimulating. So if you exercise late at night... I. For me, that would keep me awake. Oh, yeah, that has definitely happened to me too. If I have a spin class at 8 o'clock, that's not good. It's too late, (laughs) yeah. Um, So on the the conversation of uh, well-being and healthy living, it's quite interesting that uh, the revelation that the government has uh, recognised this last week or so that obesity apparently is is not good for you. It's a risk factor for who would have thought? <laughs> oh dear! Yeah, there's a big light bulb going on down in Downing Street. So <laughs> anyway, let's uh, accept that it's good that at long last it has been recognised. Yeah, and actually, it's quite a scary fact: the number of, particularly young children, um, who are now obese. Um, so whilst obesity is an issue, um, I think quite. A lot of us, you and I included, have put on a few pounds over the the COVID lockdown. Excuse me, speak for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you shared your secret that you were a few pounds up. Okay, I'll come clean. I'm half a stone up uh, (laughs) and uh, I've... um, That happened early on and I haven't put on any more weight, but I've not quite been able to lose it. So, um, yeah, I've been... I, I, I realise I'm going to have to do something and, and we all have different strategies. So um, I'm a, a real fan of uh, Michael Mosley and his either 5-2 diet or um, the one that I really like at the moment is his... Uh, well, at the moment, I'm about to start it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm enthused about, put it that way, and I will feed back, is his Fast 800 book. Mm. And... Uh, I know that works for me. I can easily, uh, very happily live on 800 to 1,000 calories a day for 10, 14 days, really good food, and just kind of go cold turkey and, <laughs> and lose my half stone, and then I can re-stabilise. So 
I'm uh, looking for a window of a couple of weeks where, where I'll do that. But he also has a number of other things. I mean, you you were talking earlier about you, you quite like the 16-8 thing. Yeah, I mean, I actually think it is just about recognising how your body works and how your lifestyle, um, what your lifestyle is and how you can fit in health and well-being into your lifestyle. You know, I... I've got quite a hectic work schedule um but one thing that I and so it's it's sometimes I have to just eat on the go but one thing that I do know is that I'm not big on breakfast during the week it, I find it makes me feel a bit sluggish in the morning if I even if it's something light and it just doesn't it doesn't energize me it actually um removes energy or it make it depletes my energy um, so for me, um, there's the 16-8, which is where you eat eight hours of the day and you essentially fast for 16 hours of the day. So from between eight and midday the following day, you're essentially not eating anything. 8pm. 8pm until midday the, the next day. day. Mm-hmm. And that works for me because, you know, I have a, a hearty dinner, I'm full when I go to bed. And then when I wake up in the morning, I'm not hungry. I can run out, like have a shower, run out the door, go to work. Before I know it, it's midday and I'm ready to have something to eat then. Yeah. So I think it's about recognising what your body and what works for your lifestyle. And I think that's, I think that's really helped me to kind of mean, I mean, obviously there, you put on like a couple of pounds, but in considering I've been much less active than I, I was before, um, I've managed to maintain my weight relatively you well. You still look super slim to so, me, by the way. <laughs> so that, I think, uh, yeah, there's lots of different things out there. It's just well, about you know, doing a bit of research, I think, on it as well. Um, Something that I will say about that is it's actually enormously healthy to do that because it allows your cells to repair. And uh, if you keep putting food, food, food into your body regularly every couple of hours, it's very exhausting for your body and your cells are always active and having to deal with that food. Whereas at a very simple level, if you actually give your body, uh, well, whatever that is, you know, um, 16 hours of, of freedom from food, you, you very efficiently use the food that you have put into it, but it also allows your cells to do other things other than digest food. And part of that is cell repair, which is very, very good for your health, well-being, prevents cancers, it prevents, it, it, it just promotes longevity. And uh, again, Michael Mosley um, is a great fan of the, the 16 mm. um It has been shown with... Um, all the kind of biochemistry that they can do that is a very very healthy um, addition to your your regime and, 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 and leads to a healthy lifestyle yeah and I think just uh, finally to mention is on top of that of course it's not just about eating it's about you know being active too yeah. but also to the point that it feels again right for what your body is ready for and recognising that you might not be out running 5k for example or like um 10k whatever Mm. but like for example this week we've been in the habit of in the evening and going out for like a long kind of 
brisk walk. Yep. And I find that really nice. Like I don't, I haven't felt like I've wanted to do more than just that. Yeah. But it's the the kind of motivation and the energy to just at the end of the working day, like into the habit of just doing something like that. And Definitely. I think that's really positive as well. Yeah. Um, well, it sounds like the trains are back running again. <laughs> we haven't had any for a while, but <laughs> they're welcome now. Anyway, so I think it's it's a cheers. Good to be able to say Friday night cheers. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, Mum. You're welcome. That's all for this week, folks. But do you know what? I think we've probably had enough of talking about coronavirus now. So next few weeks, we're hoping to bring you a little bit of diversity and other topics, health, well-being related still, but something a little bit different. Looking forward to it. See you then. Bye.